Hello, 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 and welcome back to another year of Culture Conversations, yeah. guys. Hi, yeah, What? Yeah. <laughs> it's been one long year. We are officially continuing for our third semester of Culture Conversations. Wait, really? Yeah, we wow. started last fall. Isn't that crazy? Making waves. It's only Making like it's been waves. waves. <laughs> and we still haven't renamed it to something with three M's. I'm pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Wow, I didn't even think about that. m M&M and M's. m and M&M and M's. So. That, wait, that might be copyright. You might want to take yeah okay no, good point it's a third <laughs> Hershey would sue us uh well as always uh I am your host Miranda Manier now managing editor for the Columbia Chronicle Ooh. and I am here with Micah Thurston I have a new title it's Woo! still just as long as the last one <laughs> digital content and brand manager hooray Woo! and I'm Mike Rundle I have the same title oh. senior photo editor all right well that's uh, disappointing <laughs> Well, um, I guess I can start. We can we can keep things easy for the first Jump couple right weeks. In. I won't I won't throw you guys into the deep end. <laughs> Not yet. Um, so I so uh, well a new thing that we're doing this year. Um, we are gonna have some sort of vague themes uh, every episode. Um, a common thread. Yeah, I mean that kind of has always existed, but we're just gonna make it a little bit more official now. Um, <laughs> and we'll probably only be very loosely tied into what we talk about. <laughs> Because it turns out finding topics for themes is hard. Um, but I am going to talk about some gay stuff, so no one's surprised. Um, so recently, J.J. Abrams, uh, who is directing um, the upcoming, I believe he directed the upcoming Star Wars. Um, so he recently announced that there will be openly gay characters in future franchise installments in the Star Wars franchise. Um, so here's the thing. Um... In the past, when directors have announced that there will be gay representation in films, um, particularly big franchise films, um, one that comes to mind is uh, the Avengers, um, the final Avengers movie, um, where there was there was kind of like a lot of buzz about a gay character being in it, and I think ultimately we, about that. we definitely might have, yeah. yeah. And ultimately, <laughs> the gay character was um, some guy in a support group who just uh, mentioned that he had a husband um and that was it <laughs> that was like the extent of the representation um and a lot of people are pretty convinced that that's what this representation is going to come to as well um so what i kind of want to talk about is like is there value in having characters that are whose sexuality is like not at all a part of their story um like, their representation is very normalized. Like, the fact that this guy is gay and he just mentioned his husband and it wasn't a big deal, like, that could be a great thing. Or should we be angling for more overt, visible representation? What are your thoughts? I feel like, for me, the, there's, like, the middle ground where you can, like, you can have a representation in your characters, but not, like... Because I feel like if you get to a certain point where it's, like, this huge like super important plot point like i feel mm -hmm. like it becomes a little bit disingenuous like yeah they're just like doing it like you know, like oh like they feel like they have to do this because mm -hmm. like you know where i feel like there's a way that you can you know and kind of like you said just like to normalize it and just be like mm -hmm. this is this is just how people are like this is just how society is and not necessarily like make that some sort of crazy focal point and like mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that i i truly don't know how i feel about it because on one hand, like, I do think that it is pretty cool to just have characters, like, mention they're gay. Um, 
But <laughs> I think that, like, the problem with that is if that is the only representation you have, if, like, that is the only gay character, some guy who's on screen for, like, two seconds who mentions someone we never meet, um, that is a problem because that mm-hmm. isn't, like, actually representation to me. Um, so if it was, if it was like, one of the Avengers or someone who actually was, like, more visible in the movies just mentioning he was gay or, like, we see him kiss his husband or, like, something like that, I think that that could be more valuable but having not even, like, a side character, like, a, a cameo. And actually, the cameo was um, the director of the film, which is, like, hmm. super weird. It was just, like, a very weird, like, look at us, Marvel's being gay now right. kind of thing to do. <laughs> um, and so there's just so much worry that, like, Star Wars is just going to kind of do the same thing. Um, I will say that I think that Star Wars has been progressively a little bit better about representation. Um they got a bunch of blowback for having a black stormtrooper and, like, still didn't back down about it. Like, I think that there is reason to be cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm just worried that they're they're doing it to, like, say that they did it and they're going to tokenize the character. Um, and I don't know. I think that there there is a middle ground. I think you're right. Yeah, I think like... that's, like, a good way to put it is, like, just, like, having the token. Mm-hmm. Like, that's obviously that's not enough. It's, like, two less... Or, like, not enough or way too much is, like, it's not going to work either way. Like, you have to just be yeah. able to, like... I mean, I think that comes into also having representation in your writer's rooms. Yes. And, like, yeah. having people know that... Or like, that understand how to write characters um, with that, that give adequate representation to various communities. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think that that is a really good point. Um, I... I read a really compelling article recently about, this is such a tangent, but it's very much related to what you just said, which is, it was about Orange is the New Black. And um, it was talking about how the writer's room was primarily white women. And they struggled, especially in later seasons, to, um, because in in the beginning, they were praised for having, um, they, each episode would like delve into the backstory of another character who was in the jail, um, and it was incredibly diverse and like everyone was like, oh, this is cool. But that was in the first couple seasons when it was still very surface level stuff. But as it went on, they failed to like really give those characters depth. And ultimately what they would do to them was when like topical, like cultural, social issues would come up. Um, for instance, I think they, they had a character um, get deported and go to um, an ICE uh, camp. Um, and... So they would kind of just throw these sort of two-dimensional characters into these situations to be like, oh, like, we're progressive and we're still dealing with these situations. Um, And this article that I read was critiquing them by saying that if their writer's room was actually as diverse as the characters they were writing for, um, they could have people who could actually, like, speak to the issues those characters might have been going through and give those things more depth rather than just having them be tokenized and thrown into those situations. Mm -hmm. Um... And yeah, so I think that's a super strong point, Mike. Like that, you can't you can't create content for other communities and other people if you don't have anyone helping create the content who actually knows that. Yes, Micah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have two examples of someone who, or two films that I think did it perfectly in Ooh, terms of representation. On one end, you had Get Out, where it was very blatantly about race, but mm-hmm. I think it was done really well because that was one of the central themes of the film and then on the other hand you have um us where Mm. it's about a black family 
However, they're just like a family. There's nothing yeah. about it that's obl- like blatantly like, oh, they're a black family. But in yeah. the background, you know, Jordan Peele put in those little things like um, him, uh, the father wearing a Howard sweatshirt and, you know, just little cultural references. And I think that that's like the perfect way to balance it. Either if it's a central theme of the film, then it obviously needs to be in there. But if it's not, you can definitely reference their culture while still like making them a complex character yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that the point that you bring up with like like the little cultural details like the howard sweatshirt and stuff that's stuff that like like a white person if jordan peele was white and writing about that he wouldn't even think to give the dad a howard sweatshirt Mm -hmm. like i think that if you're going to try and normalize um representation that has to be coming from someone who is from that community because they will know best how to accurately do that in like the little details that sort of mm-hmm. flesh it out. Yeah, and it's super interesting too because this whole like Star Wars fandom is like such an interesting and widespread, you know, group of people. So, and I mean, you already mentioned that like they had a lot of pushback for having a black stormtrooper. Yeah. So like, it, it you know it almost makes you nervous for like how people are going to react. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean. Obviously, it's a situation was like, you know, it's it's about time. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, obviously, like this is this is how society is now. This is how, you know, this is you can't see what you can't be type of thing or like yeah. you can't be. We can't see, you know, you, you need obviously representation that is adequate and, and equal. So. Yeah. Like put gays in space. I love it. Just uh, <laughs> don't put us in therapy scenes. That's dumb. <laughs> OK. <laughs> um, moving on. Micah, what do you want to talk oh, about? Oh, I'm second. I am also talking about a movie and representation because that's our theme. (laughs) Um, So last week, I believe it was last week, there was something trending on Twitter, not for a very good reason. It was a pretty controversial reason. Uh, The beloved Dakota Fanning, childhood star, and now she's an adult. Uh, (laughs) That happens. Um... A photo was uh, posted of her and her upcoming film, Sweetness in the Belly. It is about a young British girl that is abandoned as a child in Ethiopia. And so she grows up to become a Muslim woman. woman. Um, so obviously when the photo was posted, all you could see was her in a head wrap. She's a very pale white girl like in mm. this like refugee camp area with surrounded by black Ethiopians. So, and I believe the caption of the post was first clip of Dakota Fanning as a white Ethiopian Muslim and refugee drama romance. <laughs> oh so, my gosh. Sidebar, bad social media person. Yeah. <laughs> Based on that, what would you what do you guys think that your reactions would have been seeing that? I mean, my, I saw that tweet. And, I also saw that tweet. And I, I mean, I was like, okay, come on. Yeah. Like, we're way past this. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, cringed a lot. Like, is that really the story we need to be telling mm-hmm. right now? You know what I mean? And that's my point, though, because I was, well, when, uh, on first looking at it, I literally thought that they were just, like, having Dakota Fanning like play an Ethiopian woman, not even like a British white right. Ethiopian right. woman. I thought she was literally supposed to be passing as a black Ethiopian. Pulling a Scarlett Johansson. And I was very confused. And I was like, there's no way. So, you know, I did some more research and I found out that the girl had, 
you know british a british background and that she was abandoned and all of that so like there's more context to the story but like you just said miranda it's like why is that like that's such a weird story to me i don't know because i'm like when you think about (laughs) (laughs) it feels to me like it's a gray area it's hard yeah. yeah because i feel like Okay, using Orange is the New Black as another example, I feel like so often when you are telling stories about marginalized communities, um, a way that people try to, like, get white people to, like, empathize with them is by using, like, a white stand-in to be like, look, it's just like you. That's (laughs) that's true. You know what I mean? So I Mm -hmm. almost feel like it's going to be, like, one of those things where it's, like... She's in Ethiopia. Yeah, exactly. It's like, look how sad it is. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like, why? I There are, first of all, demand that white people empathize with black people regardless of having a stand-in. Like, mm-hmm. we should not be. That's so ridiculous. Second of all, I just feel like if we're trying to tell stories, particularly about Muslims right now, like, there is no need to whitewash it. That's why I'm like... (laughs) Yeah. Like, in this current political climate of, like, like, refugees being, you know, like, many countries are saying they don't want refugees. And then, you know, obviously there's um, a lot of islamophobic uh, mm-hmm. hate speech so just the fact that i don't know this story being told right now is just so strange to me it's it's also based on a book so i mean oh, it didn't okay. just come out of the blue but i'm just genuinely curious like where that idea came from like why not tell the story of like a black ethiopian refugee yeah, right. you know a story that's probably more common i don't know <laughs> yeah, very I interesting so. to me <laughs> that's what i was gonna say too is like it almost feels like like the timing had to have been like purposeful to a certain extent mm-hmm. like or at least that's how it strikes me is that like the i, I mean granted i'm not familiar i don't know who the director is off the top of my head and I'm, I'm not that big of a film buff so i probably wouldn't be familiar with the person anyway but like it, to, in order to like pursue that story like at this like this pivotal moment and like i mean i guess not not just United States history, quote unquote, but like you know, it, it, there's ripple effects happening happening everywhere. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the the choice to pick this, like, oh, this is the story I want to tell right now in this very volatile climate. Like, it it feels like you know, like somebody is going like coming out to be like, <laughs> like the like the play devil's advocate or like just to like totally. Just like, well, I don't know, like own the libs type of thing. <laughs> like, you know. Oh wow. Um, and I mean, I think. Th- one of the things that's also a slap in the face is that, did you guys know Ethiopia is the only country in the entire continent of Africa that was never colonized? I did not know that. It was the that. only country. It was briefly, you know, it was briefly inhabited by Italians, wow. but they were never completely colonized or saw, like, oh my God. direct effects of colonization. So it's like, if this story had taken place somewhere in, like, South Africa, mm-hmm. it would make more sense because it's like, there's... There's a lot of white folk there. Right. <laughs> Ethiopia, though, it's like they've been, you know, independent themselves this whole time. So it's like, where, like, where, where does that story even come from yeah. in someone's head? I don't yeah. know. I yeah, I think that that's very confusing. Um, <laughs> I think that British refugees in Ethiopia are not the refugees we need to be humanizing right now. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, yeah. and I don't know yeah. if the book is nonfiction. Do it's you like know? Mean Girls went wrong. Yeah, you know, and Katie, yeah. Katie, Caddy, or whatever the hell it is, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parents left her there, like, it's like Jumbo. Flips, yeah. yeah, sorry. 
Do you know, if, is the book nonfiction or is it? No, it's a fiction book. Okay. Well, then what? <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe, but I don't know. That just, it, it feels a little misplaced to me. I think that if we're talking about representation, like, you need to be thinking about, like we said, the representation that needs to exist right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that I don't just think I've ever seen like a single it. film about, like, an Ethiopian family. No, absolutely not. <laughs> ever. No. <laughs> and honestly, like, thinking about making movies that humanize refugees right now, that would honestly be great. I feel like our country and probably many other countries could really use that right now because there are so many conversations about especially from Muslim countries taking in refugees. Um, and so I really, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> also, I really don't like Nuanced. the name of it. <laughs> Sweetness yeah. in the belly. That's got to have some sort of context. I'm sure it does. It sounds like a weird British thing to say. I think the weirdest part is the director and the author of the book is Muslim. Interesting. I mean, not Muslim. He's uh, Ethiopian. Oh, Hmm. Is he a British Ethiopian refugee? Or is uh, he... Born and raised in Ethiopia, <laughs> he moved to the U.S. Okay, to attend hmm. film school. Well, interesting. It's, it's interesting because it's like. The, oh no, the he's whole... not the author of the book. Sorry, he's the director. Okay. Okay. It's like the whole premise is like, it catches you so off guard like immediately. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of obviously a lot of context that yeah. matters. Yes, definitely. But just like on the surface and like just the premise as a whole is a little bit off-putting yes i agree i'm suspicious if he's ethiopian that yeah, gives me confidence in yeah. it. like that could be really cool i'm trying to look up the author the author <laughs> of the book is a dun 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 a white canadian <laughs> <laughs> all well, right well, that feels like a little bit more context she was, she was born in the uk but she's Canadian. Interesting. We are putting the puzzle together, folks. Yeah, I'm going to stand by what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to walk back some of my comments, but now I don't know if I am. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so yeah, maybe just uh, think about what representation is needed in the world. Is that how we want to yeah. wrap that one up? All right, Mike, what do you want to talk about? Well, speaking of ScarJo. Oh, boy. So, someone oh, no. that we know is... Uh, obviously, by your reactions, we are well aware that she is apparently addicted to bad press. <laughs> um, oh boy! So, this 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 occurrence happened, you know, a week or two ago. Um, the whole interview where she basically said that she backed and believed Woody Allen and all of this, all of these things. And I guess the thing that I would like to talk about is more of like a a big picture question. Not necessarily like about this specific thing, um, because we know Scarlett Johansson has had her fair share of drama when it comes to representation <laughs> in film. Um, but here's the thing: is that she's still the highest paid actress, or she was the highest paid actress of the past year. Oh wow! And my question: What has like, she been in? Marvel. She, oh, yeah. that's how okay, that makes it. sense. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like my my takeaway from this is the question that can a person can a celebrity be too big to fail? Ooh. Because, that, and then, like, it, is her saying any of this Whoa. going to have any effect? And then also, do old white men still control so much of the Hollywood industry that it doesn't matter that, what she says about Woody Allen? Wow. You know, it's like, like the idea Oof. that, like, you know, this is the highest paid actress. She's in Marvel movies. Is Mar- Would Marvel ever consider, like, writing her out? 
is that a thing that Marvel will do because she's such this huge star? Like, can can a person be too big to fail? That's a really good question. <laughs> I know it's like huge. <laughs> so like, yeah. Let me let me chew on that. <laughs> I think so to an extent. Yeah. I mean, looking at like Harvey Weinstein, he had to do a lot of bad stuff for a very long time before that happened, and before people got comfortable enough to like expose him for it. Mm-hmm. Bill Cosby, um, R. Kelly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So I think that like there are, if if you cross some serious lines, no matter how big you are, you're going to fail. But I think that it does take a lot to get to that threshold. Yeah, but also at the same time, like think about like really, really big stars, like these allegations against Woody Allen wouldn't, like if there was that line, wouldn't mm-hmm. he have ended? But like Woody Allen is huge. That's true. Woody like not Scarlett fine. Johansson is nowhere near... Woody Allen. Yeah. Um, think about Michael Jackson. The yeah. Allegations against him. People still love him. Yeah. 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 No, I, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. I mean, like, it's. It... I think that that's so hard. That's like a very <laughs> philosophical question because I think it, it totally depends on like what the person said or did, how big the person is. I mean, even with Michael Jackson, like, the allegations against him have been there for a very long time and were like a lot of people were like yeah like people it was sort of almost joked about people were like yeah he like might have done this but like he's still great and i still love him and so it like didn't really matter almost like people Mm -hmm. were like this very well could be true but like it doesn't really affect how i feel about him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think that it it really depends i think some people like if they're sorry no you're fine i think some people like if their art is just has made such an impact on society and on mm-hmm. culture, then we're able to like separate the art from the artist. Yeah, I think. Yes. Because like with Scarlett Johansson, it's like, yeah, she's been in a lot of films and stuff like that, but she hasn't made like any like genuine impacts on the film industry, in my opinion. So it's like mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It'd be easier to cancel her than Woody Allen. I right. totally would. I could see Marvel writing her out of something if she had too big of a scandal like mm-hmm. all the things that she's done i don't think this is big enough though i agree i think mm-hmm. that like the comments that she's made and the fact that like the things that she's done by being like cast in asian roles and stuff like that like <laughs> those have been bad things but they haven't been like harvey weinstein bad or like bill mm-hmm. cosby bad mm-hmm. and so it isn't anything that has like jeopardized her career if it came out that she i don't know had said the n-word or like had done something truly heinous like that could prop that i think that definitely would mm-hmm. they're also career. they're also objective things too because like in some people's eyes you know uh saying like harvey weinstein i mean not harvey weinstein woody allen i i believe him i support him mm-hmm. like some people will be like oh me too so it's right. like objective um and then also with like her playing an asian role some some mm-hmm. people are like that's really offensive others are like why yeah black people play or people of color play white people sometimes so it's like it's very objective and i think it but like with harvey weinstein it's like how can you defend right years Mm. and years of assault and abuse so i think that's a really good point like the more black and white it is i Mm -hmm. think the stronger argument there will be for someone to just be like okay they're canceled (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know yeah so like i guess then the follow-up would be like who who draws that line who who decides when it's time for Scarlett Johansson to just go away? Society. Society. <laughs> oh, Society is. It is though. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marvel will 
when society when their followers demanded enough marvel will write her out yeah because i don't think it is an ethical thing frankly which i hate to say and i hate to believe but like i don't think there's someone at marvel that's like i think scarlett johansson is bad and i want to fire her it's like oh we're getting so much bad press for keeping her on that we need to fire her. So like we can Mm -hmm. make money with someone else yes exactly Mm -hmm. yeah so i think it's like it is entirely if they are getting a bunch of negative tweets or like there's just a bunch of bad publicity surrounding someone they will fire them but i don't think there's like any executive being like i feel uncomfortable working with her so we should fire her right yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah I don't know, it's just it's it's so interesting like just like the the response to all of the things that she's done too because it's just like you know it's kind of we've mentioned but like it's, it's like a series of little things yeah and um and maybe she's not like directly involved in all of them. Like it's things are happening like you know around her to her in the movie she's in. But I mean at a certain extent, like you, she has to sign off on things. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I just think the idea of um, and it you know kind of goes with like the Star Wars thing too. Is like it comes down to like this is such a huge thing and a huge like fandom. You know, obviously a huge community like. If you make any changes to it, people are obviously going to be up in arms yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Like, and, you know, some people are going to be celebrating it, some people aren't. And um, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting that you know people can hang on to um, their their stardom just because of like their their cultural impact or per se. Yeah, I don't want to jump into too much of a tangent because this isn't even related to representation. What I'm about to say, but that makes me think <laughs> of Tarantino. Um, I mean, there has been so much conversation about the way that he has treated women, um, the way he treated Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. Um, like, his, his, there has been a lot of kind of, like, mini scandals surrounding him forever, um, but he's still getting incredible success. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just, Mm -hmm. like, crushed the box office. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, it's one of those things where, like, I could say, I think objectively maybe he did cross a line. But apparently, like, societally, there hasn't been enough pressure to actually get people to, quote-unquote, cancel him. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that was depressing, so um, <laughs> let's talk about our happy things. Fun things. <laughs> <laughs> the cast of Girlfriends is reuniting for Blackish. I mean, they're reuniting on Blackish, so that's exciting. That is a happy thing. Nice. <laughs> What's your happy thing, Mike? My happy thing is that uh my girlfriend and i just decorated our apartment for fall slash halloween there's there's string lights involved there's um we actually i bought a record that is a it's a disney record and it's purely just like noises creepy sounds oh my god so we played that while we were decorating so what i'm hearing is halloween party at mike's and listeners you're all invited (laughs) no disclaimer no please it's a one bedroom apartment Great. So we're all going to squeeze in there. <laughs> Listen to the scary noises. It'll be great. Um, well, I guess to that end, my happy thing is that it's getting colder and it feels like fall and uh, it's not 90 degrees anymore. Yeah. So I'm loving that. I get to wear a <laughs> denim jacket. <laughs> I'm ready for sweaters. I am ready for sweaters. Oh, my God. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you all again in two weeks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>